what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you creators, entrepreneurs, CEOs, innovators, hustlers, maybe very outside of the box type of thinkers, misfits, people who usually get misunderstood in a multitude of ways. All of you guys are highly accepted here. Uh, I get you, we get you, my guests get you. None of us do anything conventional or to the norm, quote unquote. Uh, we create our own path in a lot of ways, and we're figuring it out along the way. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys for always tuning in. We have a lot of new subscribers. The numbers are amazingly growing at a fast pace, and I'm very, very grateful. The day ones, I appreciate all of you guys. You know how I feel. To the newbies, to the new people tuning in, uh, I'm Matt Gottesman. It's nice to meet all of you guys. Uh, you can reach out to me directly at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. If you want to get into the conversation where it all began, at HDF Magazine on Instagram, we there, we talk about culture and creativity and entrepreneurship, and at Hustle Sold Separately. As many of you have known for the last six, seven years, I answer every single DM, text, and reply on the wall. Probably not ideal, but it is in my world because we're a community, and that's how we build, and that's how we all grow together. That's what we're here to do, so we don't kind of fall into the glamorization and glorification of end success. That's, uh, you know, often uh, why we do what we do here on this podcast. It's not overnight and success is arbitrary. Uh, you know, I think that there's sometimes this, this mass media play of this is what success looks like. Well, does it? Because it's really about what resonates with you. Are you happy? Is this the path of what you want to create? Is this, are you in your, your vibe? Are you doing something that makes sense to you? And all of our guests that come on, that's what we talk about. It doesn't matter if it's their first venture, as some of it's been, and or it's their tenth or fiftieth venture, as some <laughs> some people we've had on here, or that they just wrote an Oscar or wrote an Oscar-winning script or something. You know, uh, it's that they believe in something bigger, and then they learned a lot about themselves along the way. And we're humanizing that creative journey. We're humanizing that entrepreneurial journey. That's really what the show is all about. And to have very honest, transparent, vulnerable discussions around what, you know, things that mean something to us that we can also impart onto other people. So, and you guys know you can always reach out and thank you for all of the ratings and reviews. Now, uh, a really great theme today we're gonna be talking about, uh, <laughs> which is probably all of 2020, but, you know, launching a brand during uncertain times and, and you know, uncertainty, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur or a creative already or CEO um, or all of the above, um, you already know that uh, everything can be uncertain. It's about how we embrace the uncertain and how do we um, move constantly and, and don't succumb to uh, anything that uh, that that messes with our head in, the, in in that process. We have to become very comfortable with uncertainty, right? Now, the time we're living in is a very uncertain time because there's a, a, a global massive shift. We've already spoken about that on other podcasts. We're not going to go there. But if you're going to do something, do something this year. Historically speaking, we've seen a lot of innovation technology and new businesses launched throughout the history of time. The Great Depression, uh, you know, the, the recession back in 2008. This is nothing new. So we're going to see a lot of new 
brands being launched uh, during this time, but also I believe that we're going in a new direction of how companies are interacting with uh, with their customer base in general. I've been saying it for 15 years, but now I think it's becoming more widely accepted. And I, I have an amazing guest on the show today, uh, Harry Arnett, who's the co-founder and CEO of Municipal. And it's an amazing brand. I actually was following for a while, not knowing one of my friends <laughs> was involved with the company. And then I immediately reached out and said, hey, I got to have Harry on the show. And and uh, so uh, and she said, perfect timing. I was just thinking about this. So that's how universal law works uh, in many other ways. And, uh, and I'm grateful to have them on the show because we're going to be talking about what they did uh, this year with Municipal. Uh, and again, just to reiterate, co-founder, CEO. He was most recently the EVP of Callaway Brands. I'm sure many of you guys know that uh, you know, mega brand. <clears throat> Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, grew up in a family of art collectors. So I'm sure he and I are going to have to have another topic off <laughs> a conversation offline about that. Uh, art collectors, curators, and art historians. Took a different career path. Still see, as many of you guys are listening, this is how it works. We we choose our own <laughs> our own path. Uh, just because of his interest in brand creation and intersection of product, culture, and media. Uh, and all that interest and experience left him to create a municipal with Mark Wahlberg and Lev, also known as Steve Levinson. And, uh, you know, he's supported by his wife and, and uh, his beautiful two daughters. And, you know, he's got this amazing family that he's also in purpose for. So uh, thank you, Harry, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Matt, it is a pleasure talking to you. A lot of what you said had me... Uh have me getting emotional. So it's going to be one of those kind of conversations, I think. You know, we have had a few people cry. <laughs> We've had a few people you would never expect that uh, <laughs> just went on a tear as well as they just like, this Like this is like therapy here. And I'm like, that's because, you know, it won't be uh, edited out if you don't want it to be. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, well, first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, I told you right before the show started, the first question is always the same. It's like, how do we get here? Because You've got this amazing background with Callaway Brands. You took a different path in general. I think the people would, I know the people would love to hear that because you went your own path and, and eventually it led you to what you're doing now with Municipal and, and we can go from there. Yeah, I, if anybody is listening to this and like taking notes, just don't because <laughs> the biggest, I wish I had learned this when I was 21 instead of 41 or pushing 50 everyone's journey, the, the most successful people, and I'm not calling myself successful, only successful in that I've, I finally, I think, have aligned my sense of purpose and passion and talents together. Um, but it, everyone's journey that ends up in a place where they could, they could say that they are successful or happy is because they finally followed a path that was uniquely their own. And um, I grew up in the, in the South. Uh, you mentioned in a family of, of folks that were in the arts. I was fortunate um, being, being from Atlanta and, and having my, my, both of my parents from the, even the deeper South, the non, uh, non-urban, non-urban part of the South is that I grew up in a, in a family full of Southern progressive thinkers. And I was always around very dynamic conversation about topics that we were not using these words, but innovation and creativity and 
um, trying to work against the status quo to break apart conventional wisdoms and have people think differently about things. And in the context of my family, my, my father um, was and is one of the, one of the most recognized champions of black Southern art at a time coming post or during the civil rights movement in the South that standing up and saying the work of black artists is as important and potentially qualitative, qualitatively more significant and better than that of well-known white artists. Those are, that's, those are really controversial, bold, courageous things. And um, the, the byproduct of that ironically is being the third of, of four boys early on in my career, I, I tended to take more conventional routes. So I wasn't necessarily wanting to dedicate my own life to that particular cause. Although the being speaking truth to power and um, being a voice for those that are voiceless are certainly themes that, that resonated and informed decisions that I've made along the way. But I was always looking for some sort of model or template that I could follow that would lead me to some degree of success and in happiness. And unfortunately, if you think this is like the you know early 90s, like post-college, all of the literature, media, um, business, business media that I was trying to curate my own learning at that time about how to what is, how do, how does somebody even build a career, you know, was oriented towards um, very similar paradigms of this, uh, the omniscient, omnipotent, um, all powerful, all knowing leader that typically was the smartest person in the room, typically had the best pedigree typically had um, had survived some version of survival of the fittest career uh, career path and it was so foreign to me I it just it was just depressed me <laughs> amen <laughs> and so and so my my raging against that machine was early on was all right well I'm just gonna have to try to build my own path here because. Mm-hmm. I don't share any of those qualities or <laughs> sensibilities or even worldview. Um, and so I, I started out doing things that would now be called like very untraditional. I worked in sports media um, first couple years of my career. It's funny to even call my path a career because it's, it's, because to call it a career, it seems like there's intention behind it, and there right. certainly wasn't. <laughs> there certainly wasn't anything that I say now that that has uh-huh. anything ascribed to intention is pure revisionist history. So um, I'll recognize that right out of the gate. But I did it just because it was something different, and uh, I didn't really want to be behind a desk mm-hmm. fighting against those paradigms that I mentioned before that I knew just weren't me. And so the upshot of that was. I was constantly feeling like I was well behind where my friends were that I went to school with or other people that had a much more traditional linear path. Oof. But 
Um, so a couple years in sports media and then, and then I just didn't knew that wasn't for me for a lot of reasons. Um, and now looking back, I could just see that it, I didn't, there was no sense of purpose there for me, even though I enjoyed being around athletes and, and, um, and being around kind of the entertainment part of, of sports media, I was sports radio back in Atlanta, but I could tell, I could, I knew that I had, there was no sense of purpose. So I ended up um, joining what was then, if you could call it that, the family business. Those of us that worked in it would probably laugh now calling it a business, but trying to make sense of documenting the work of, of um, Southern Black artists um, through media and exhibits, et cetera. And I learned, I quickly realized that I had no business savvy whatsoever. So I, I was understood that there was a big piece of my formal education I was missing. And that sent me to grad school, um, graduate business school. I went to Duke, got my MBA and came out. And uh, this was right at, I graduated in 2001. So September 11th, um, Oof happened and the, just every really every single industry sector collapsed. So there were there was really no avenue for me. The job that I had lined up coming out of grad school had fallen apart for those those reasons. And I ended up going back to work with the family business, which had become more structured in an effort to create even more structure to it and more formality to it and and, and desire to grow. And um, and speaking of like passion and purpose and talent, I think I had the, I think I had the, the passion part and the, the purpose part, but the, the talent part was kind of missing because I really just didn't have any experience. So I learned, I, I came to the realization that what I really needed was experience within the context of a more traditional kind of um, business setting. And so I tried to, I tried to marry up my love for sports and, and activity um, and, and products, et cetera, with the background I had. And I went and worked for a sporting goods company um, in the early two thousands, which Russell athletic, for those of you that know that brand and, it, that was cool because it, that was really like the first big company and Russell at that time wasn't a, wasn't a massive company, but the first big company experience I had. And within, I would say a week, I knew that was not something I was going to enjoy. Doing. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah, or, I, I was going to say the first day, but that wasn't true. The first day was kind of fun trying to find out where the cafeteria was and everything. But, um, I, I just I realized that um, the the pace of a larger company wasn't mm -hmm. really something that was going to suit me, and the even just the way that things would get done yes. through um, through formal and informal networks of a larger place, and and of course company politics, et cetera. I I sensed that really quickly, so. I stayed there for, you know, two or three cups of coffee and 
um, personally, my wife and I were interested in, in getting out of the Southeast and um, just luck of the draw I ended up getting the opportunity to, to get into the golf industry, which was a, a personal passion of mine, um, golf. And I ended up going to um, TaylorMade Golf for a little, for five or six years. And then ultimately at Callaway during, uh, during their turnaround and as the CMO and ultimately executive vice president there. So um, that's why I was, that story I just told you, which I don't even know how long that took, but it felt like a long time. That's why I said, put your pencils away, because what you'll hear is that was very zigzagged and all the only commonality was, I think, looking back on it, I was really just trying to align purpose, passion and talent. Yes. Um, And without really knowing that to be the case until until kind of much, much later. Uh, almost perfect, you know, almost completely in, in hindsight, unfortunately, but all of those experiences, ironically, and I'm not, I'm not saying it, uh, I'm really appreciative of it because it really set me up, I think, for the opportunity to do what I'm doing now, which is starting something totally from scratch, um, in, uh, an industry that I care about for consumers that I care about and doing it with people that I love. So all of those steps along the way, um, looking back on it, were really, were really gearing me up for what I'm doing today. You know, I, I want to talk about municipal here in a minute, but uh, small rant, but that's only because I really admire a lot of the things that you said. <laughs> First of all, I now know, I now know what, no, my, small rant on my part about now, right? Because uh, I now see why Rihanna wanted us to talk because I, <laughs> I get it. So I'm 41 um, and, you know, and... The, sometimes I look at the beginning almost like 35, 36, and even then I still feel like a baby because um, it's at the very beginning of some of these things. I completely resonated with you, and I was fortunate that I came from parents who were also like, hey, cool, go figure out whatever you want to do. It's all you. You know, we, we, we love and support you. Go for it. And, uh, and I totally got that. I never, never um, worked with – worked understood the corporate path with it like you know some of these notes i was taking that you said just for my own notes was in the pace of a larger company is not going to suit me it never has i love to innovate i love to collaborate no egos i love to come together and make things happen and you know and 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 partially i was i was naive in in some ways because i was always thinking that everybody just wanted to do really cool things together <laughs> and in a corporate environment where there's politics i didn't understand that i was like oh wow these people are all projecting in some way. Like, every, <laughs> yeah, like everybody's right. trying to keep their job or like, don't overshadow me. No, no, no. If we start using uh, all this digital nerdy stuff that you're talking about, Matt, like we'll start tracking everything. I could lose my job. <laughs> like, I mean, the most amazing uh, things that I, it took me a, a long time to really understand. Um, and so I'm glad that you brought all of that up. And I also appreciate uh, you saying all of this because I think there's a lot of pressure from a lot of not just my listeners, but the public at large to have it all figured out. And when someone hits their purpose at 25, 28, and they are a quote unquote success story for the clothing brand they made or for the app that they did or whatever, they just happen to be in their purpose. I think the universe that surrounds them sometimes starts to do the comparison game. And, you know, I, I, I love that you were saying that like, you know, 
you you it's not until later on that you you've kind of stitched all these things together and i do agree with you about the the piecing of all these things together because i've done it's been the same thing how do you align your purpose and your passions and your skill sets and your talents and all like that all takes time clearly and with you what was interesting to look back is i mean all of that experience makes perfect sense now creating something like municipal at this stage of the game um and i once had a guest i cannot remember who it was but said that it's an interesting thing when you start at 40 or 50 um certain ventures because it's different than when you're at 20 or 25 or even 30 where there's not the same type of net. You come with resources. You come with people you can ask questions. You know better. <laughs> you know you know exactly like you know. You come with uh. You know how to figure things out and think differently and create a different approach based on everything you've already seen. And I feel like when I was looking at your the, the company culture and you know and you said you know starting from the inside, built from the inside out. I mean, of course, because you you've you've been there. You've seen it all. Right. I mean, it seems like you've gone. You've, I'm much more equipped now at yeah. 50 than I ever would have been at 30 or 40. And it's the difference between fearlessness, being fearless because you're you're fueled by you're fueled by um, you're fueled by naivete than being courageous, which is understanding understanding how to weigh risk and reward. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that having the things that you're talking about of, of support network, a, dis a full 30 years of discovering my own yes. value system mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how I'm wired and how I lead and how I'm more effective. Um, that understanding now at 50 is a lot more is a lot keener obviously than it was at 40 or 30 or 20 in the same way that you're going to be a much better husband, father, and friend at 35 than you would be at 20. Right. So even though some of those passions were there at 21, 22, that I would now look back at and say, okay, that was an entrepreneurial spark. There's, there's no, there's no way that I would have had the stick to itiveness resolve and experience to be able to even see trends or opportunities as fleeting or real um, real long-term threads that would lead to some sort of overall company value, if, if you follow what I'm saying. Absolutely. So being able to lean on that experience now um, is really important. And I think, I think the, the fear of failure is, is certainly there, but failure now at, I, uh, in a, paradoxically at 50 is much different than how I would look at it at 22. And I'll, t and I'll give you, I'll give you an example at 22 or even 32 looking at a bad week or two of just pure trend, you know, sales, at 50, you know not to overreact right. or you <laughs> know so what true. to look for um, based on the experience of knowing if something is fundamental or something is, is a macro headwind that's beyond your control. And then just being able to project that to the team because um, now being more seasoned and having more experience, 
and you, you know, I think we'd all agree with this is one success in an entrepreneurial environment um, as the, as the co-founder and CEO is, is purely predicated on the, the power of the vision combined with getting that vision executed through others. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and that's really different. You know, I'm getting, getting back <laughs> to what I was talking about when we first started. I'm so grateful now for people that are, that are for sh shows like yours and, and thought leaders like you for folks that are going through that discovery because that just wasn't the case. That was not the thread thematically when, when I was that age of, of seeing, um, seeing how to be quote unquote successful or to be a part of something special or be, be, um, be a, be a, an impactful business leader. You know, the, it, if you think about those times and the, yes. the, the companies that were garnering a lot of, um, attention and accolades, great brands like Apple, purely, purely ascribed to the genius of Steve Jobs. It had enough, there's the story of Apple only now is starting to look at the cast of characters around someone like Steve Jobs, who unwavering in a vision and probably executing it in a pretty destructive way frankly um, <laughs> amen to <in> that <laughs> but but leaving a lot in its wake but you know even that would have been a better story to have learned from 20 years ago than the genius innovator who comes up with all the good shit <laughs> yeah 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 so you know looking at now i guess having the experience that i've had is really really prepared me to be able to do this in a way that gives me a lot of confidence, even though I still have fear um, and concerns, but give me a lot of confidence that really the trick isn't to solve things all the time. It's having the, the fortitude to be able to sit with uncertainty and sit with discomfort yes. in a way that understands <laughs> the ability to move through that is really how, how can you create a team of people that are, that are willing to sit in it with you and collaborate to move through it, not necessarily solve it. You know, uh, um, even with nine years on me, it's interesting because I, I feel that resilience that you talk about because I was just on that, yeah, we're not going to do things the way that they were done before. So we're going to start a revolution and how they're done as at the business level. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then, you know, like, cause I always tell people, they're like, well, where'd you begin in your, in your, cause I'm all digital and tech. And I was like, well, I started at AOL and Napster and I'm here at TikTok. And they're like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, could you imagine, imagine that every new paradigm that came out and platform was met with the complete and utter resistance as to that's crazy. That won't work. Why would you even implement that into our business? And I'm like, this is not going to be easy as a path, is it? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and while also, while also, you know, the, the concept of what you're, a lot of what you're talking about, you know, bringing together, um, 
people that complete each other in the in the process of building together um you know being uh, empathetic in the way that they approach things not freaking out not having these tension tensious environments and actually like working through things and uh you know and and I, I think we're living in a what I'd like to think of as a really cool renaissance era of um, creativity because of what we've been, you know, hoping for for all these years, and, and now we're now we're not the crazy ones, basically. Uh, so it's a it's an it's an interesting time, but yeah, it, I'd like to think that when you look at our age category, even though we're about a decade apart, still that that that. The 40s, 50s, I feel like some of us have been waiting for what we're now finally going through. Like, ah, oh, I've been preparing for this about 20, 30 years. It's, it's nice to be here. Um, and then you get to, we get to watch these uh, amazing kids go through, hey, I get to do it right now if I'm lucky enough to realize that and align with people who can guide me. Um, when you formed Municipal, how did that happen? It seems like there were a few steps with a few of you guys and how you guys came together. Do you want to talk about the relationship with you, Mark and Lev and how that started? And then, you know, the, this idea of let's do a brand this way. And you know what? Now's the perfect time to do it. <laughs> what yeah. was that whole process like? Not like you just described it. Of course it's not. It's <laughs> never like that. It's never like that. Hopefully well, you, you heard the uh, facetiousness. That's, that's the, that's the key thing. Um, uh, for, is, is it, Sometimes it's just like Legos. Sometimes you sometimes you have a great idea and you you put down the you put down the idea you lay the idea you lay down the tracks. The tracks just stack naturally and and um and it it's a beautiful thing. Ours was not not nearly like that. Uh, I met Mark for the first time almost 10 years ago and got to know him through uh working at Callaway and uh, he was a big fan of, of our products and the thing that I immediately appreciated about him, um, was in a much more hyped manner. His, his life was in his, his values were really similar to mine. Now people, people would say, oh, his life was like you, you and Mark's lives are the same. So let me, let me break that down. <laughs> he had, he had kids he had he had young kids at the time um he was he was trying to balance his career and his family life on two things that were really important to him and sometimes his career had overtaken mm. his importance to family and at other times uh he was trying to plug back in with the family he was trying to think about how his career and the commitment to family and community could um could coalesce in the next the next uh period of his life and those were things that we bonded about we weren't, we weren't in golf too um and the the other thing that really struck me practically was he was and is an incredible learner mm. and it that that showed that was showcased early because he he kind of knew everything that we were doing at Callaway with how we were marketing the brand, how we were talking about it, how we were trying to turn the brand around, how we were starting to use social and digital content marketing in really innovative ways uh, early, earlier than anyone else. And so we started, we talked about that a lot over the years as just as a 
you know, people that just as friends, I would say, I put friends in quotes because we weren't, we weren't hanging out, drinking wine, you know, talking about stuff on his deck, but we would, we would, we would bond. And the, the other part that really impressed me about him was just how accessible he was. Mm. You, for somebody who, who a lot of people know Mark from obviously his entertainment and, and how the media portrays him. Right. Uh, he really, his circle isn't very big. And he, if he wanted to talk about something or connect, I would hear from him directly. He'd call and um, being, seeing that from the outside and then from the inside, he was and is one of the, the most incredible multitaskers and achievers that I've ever seen. Like literally he takes advantage of every second he's on this earth. And that, that really had an, had an, an impression on me. And so we were, we were talk about all kinds of things, um, business related. He had, he had started to get into um, a lot of non-entertainment oriented businesses uh, as we started, as I started to get to know him and he was, he was starting to, he was starting to really make concrete those themes that we talked about of aligning his talent, his purpose and his passions together, starting with things that were more fitness oriented with, um, F45 gyms and performance inspired and how the connection to family, which took him into, uh, Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet and automotive and creating value for people. Um, of course, Wahlburgers, family, family oriented dining, fast casual. And at that time, um, this is three years ago or so, we started to talk about the need for uh, a brand in the what ultimately became municipal. But these are, again, this is. Uh, this is just making sense of the conversation. Now, what we really were talking about was there needs to be a brand in the, in the apparel gear space initially that serves as much more than just a transactional seller of cool shit. Right. And that every opportunity that he had had, in his in his career to do something with apparel was always more traditional Mm -hmm. Um, represent the brand as a as an endorser and and talk about existing brand values and it really just didn't interest him it it just it he had much more of an interest to start something new and to be more integrally involved in how the brand would get started and what its purpose would be and that, that was, that was music to my ears because, um, that was exactly aligned with what I was thinking would be a cool thing for me to some, someday do. Although at, at the time I was really happy in the job I had with, with the one ping in my head of, I just knew that it wasn't really satisfying my sense of purpose. Mm. Um, Funnily enough, because I was doing well, I was very well compensated. I love the people I work with. I loved, I was working for a guy that I adored and still adore. 
our CEO at Callaway, Chip Brewer, who really is one of my mentors and someone that um, that I just I just can't say enough good things about. But being in the in the golf space and in the in the apparel space, particularly with the Cali brands, it just there was something missing for me and my purpose. And then so as Mark and I were talking about what the brand would be, um, he he pulled in Steve Levinson, who's his longtime partner, and Lev had that same desire to start something new, to really be about things that are very fundamental. The where where we started, what drove us initially to appreciate and love activity and sport and achievement and goal orientation and the other values necessary to make meaningful positive change on ourselves, our families and our communities. There's, that was the, the start of the conversation before we'd even thought, oh, let's do kick-ass hoodies and athleisure <laughs> or whatever. Let's, let's reinvent athleisure, you know. But the more we started talking about it, what that would be, it, we started to put the boundaries around what the business would be. And ultimately, where we landed on is kind of where we are now, which is we have, I feel like at a product level, we have the opportunity to, to reorient people's um, impression and participation in the, the athletic um, activewear space, and um, which has you know, a pretty, pretty well-defined competitive set and usage, bringing in elements of stuff that we love about the athleisure space with comfort and versatility, and do it in a really unique way that fundamentally is going to change the way that people view um, how how they want to present themselves and how they want to feel and how they want to how they want to how they want to um, how they want to consume goods. I mean, that's the highest yes. the the highest point is we, we feel like there's so much junk out there and so much consumption that somebody needed to simplify it and somebody needed to simplify it in a way that wasn't dumb but was smart and simplify it in a way that still brought incredible value but still a premiumness to all of those things that we had and use the brand municipal as a vehicle to speak directly to people to make fundamental change in their life that's going to lead to um it's going to lead to that version of success and happiness that we talked about at the beginning of, of the show. Yeah. And oh. that was our purpose. We're like, and so we started with the purpose, which is pretty unusual, I think, for a startup, but it really felt right to all of us because um, we knew that no matter what, startups are hard and many of them fail. And there are a lot of reasons why a lot of them fail. And knowing that that's going to be the true reality of starting something new, we better have a group of people that are coming in every day with the same, with the same uh, shared purpose in mind to move through the things that are going to be beating us down or, or knocking at our door 
on a daily on a daily basis. <laughs> and so, as we started to talk about it, for me, that was really a lightning bolt where I thought, you know what, f this, I I have to I have to do this. I have to I have to get off of this comfortable um, path that I've been on, and I don't, I mean that in both a good and a bad way, I have to get off this comfortable path that I've been on and jump into this to chase that sense of purpose and also to, um, to get myself back on an incredibly accelerant learning path. And, uh, and so that, that all happened. I went into my boss, boss's office that I loved and out of nowhere told him that I was leaving. And, uh, <laughs> and here we are. Uh, it wasn't like the next day, but <laughs> three months later, my badge didn't work at Callaway anymore. I woke up on September 1st and I had to, we had to assemble a team and, and get after it. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, amazing points you made in there, whether intentional or not, or just from your flow. But <laughs> the idea of starting off a brand based off of values, I believe, and I'm hopeful for the that to be the continuation of how brands get launched moving forward, especially in a time where consumers are consuming differently. Do we still have the critical mass consumption and the, you know, let's just do an e-com brand and let's just do our hoodies and get this out. And I, I totally get it, totally get it. But I think people can feel values and energy and intention and through the craftsmanship and the delivery and the culture of what you create. And when they consume it, it becomes an, a, a different relationship. And so it will not be a surprise to see how well you do. Um, and I think that when you approach it the way you did, and I think it's the only way to really approach a brand. Um, so it's nice to have this conversation, <laughs> by the way, because I think of I think of some you know some of the the corporate CEOs I've, I've talked. To. Well, some have been incredible actually. They 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 actually raised me in a lot of ways um, when I consulted with them. But well, I'd like to think that the, when you think from the values perspective first, it's going and purpose and mission it's going to innovate differently to the, your exact point of our, your approach was different. Like we're smart, but we're premium, but we're thinking about the customer, but we're doing things in a certain capacity that make sense. I just think it's going to always make you stand out from how things are done over here from this thing over here and and I, and I've 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 said I, again not another small rant but I just I, it was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned came from the the great 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 grandson of uh Joseph Krug for Krug champagne one of the most expensive champagnes in the world I remember sitting with him in France and I you know branding was like oh yeah no I, I think I get branding he's like sit down <laughs> I'm like okay and he goes don't you know pay attention to um competition or to uh industry the industry gets loud. Know what's going on. Just don't give it too much energy and attention. Competition, everybody always has options. But how they feel about you and what you do with them and what you do for them and how you serve them is everything. And it really, and that was back in about 2011, that really made me think, 
so differently about the way you approach a brand and and the people you do it for. So I feel like you're right in that that beautiful place. And uh and I wanted to ask you, I was I was looking at uh the culture deck that you guys have and it um there was something in there that really meant something to my heart which was character's commitment to always doing the right thing. It takes a lot of vulnerability and humility. I can't tell you how many we you and I probably do another episode round 2 on that. <laughs> but I I'd love for you to I'd love for you to ju- jump into that because I have preached that vulnerability is a huge strength and unbelievable strength and humility. I think those are two superpowers that like cuz if you got them you know where you're at, you know how to ask for help, you know how to be good, do good, at, you know, ask questions, um, not get ahead of yourself, take time to do the processes, take time to align yourself with people. I, I just, I feel like there's such amazing superpowers that previously and um, generationally and corporate America weren't always preaching that a lot of times it was like oh it's a weakness it's like no it's telling the truth actually is not a weakness (laughs) it's actually strength and then actually owning you know ownership is a beautiful thing so I would love for you to 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 talk about that character is commitment to always doing the right thing it takes a lot of vulnerability and humility I believe that was one of your direct quotes yeah it's it's really um part of the value system we wanted to create here and certainly part of my value system, which is you people, people talked about character a lot to make it more concrete rather than some abstraction. You've you've heard things like characters, how you behave when no one's watching or, um, or, you know, character, character is about honoring, honoring the truth and doing what's right versus what's convenient. And all of those things, are, are really true. And I, I was always thinking about how the, how the company values and my own values related to, um, in a, in a corporate context, how that really supercharged the ability of the company at large to be innovative and how, um, my understanding and view on innovation as being the ultimate team sport that it needed to be values-based because really what you're, we're trying to do is to create an environment where people have the space to be candid Mm -hmm. and that there isn't there isn't a hierarchical relationship there and there's not there's not a there's not a hierarchical bargain there and it certainly is not a transactional one it's it's a dynamic exchange of ideas that have to be started with everybody having a shared value system mm. And the character part of that is, is key. It's, uh, I, I won't say it's the most important cause I think they're all tied for first, but right, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's essential that people feel like they're in a safe 
environment and in a in a um, supportive ecosystem where they can they can be themselves, they can show their true selves, and they can pursue their fullest selves. And the only way they can do that is if they feel like whoever it is they're working with are giving them the space to do it. And that's where the humility comes in because to be innovative mm-hmm. and to be, to be truly in a place of hyper creativity, yes. you really have to embrace and almost love the fact that a lot of the stuff you do is going to be wrong. <laughs> or wrong is not even the word it's it's going to be not as effective in the in the marketplace as you would want it to be and so if that's true then you can't have pride of ownership and you can't have fear of failure and you can't have you certainly can't ascribe failure to an individual or an action you just have to appreciate it or the experience that it is getting back to what we talked about before, which is moving through these things that mm-hmm. are always going to be the case. And it, it, this being, having been around the block a few times, the best, the best circumstances and the best, the best leaders that I was, or have been around and, and the best environments I've been around have, have been led by people that, were really honest and embracing of the shit that didn't work. <laughs> right. Right. Everybody, everybody can have character when or when things are good. Show up with integrity <laughs> when stuff is smooth sailing. Wait uh, till wait till your wait till the wind turns and it's right in your face. Right. And um and there are a million things you have to work through. That's that's where the that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, my my father who recently passed uh he used to say well everyone looks good right now son <laughs> yeah. he'd say, just wait he's like character shows up when times change when 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 the you know when things when the shit hits the fan when when our guy happen. we 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 define culture here as how do people collaborate and solve problems under stress there you go that's your culture it's not when you're in the van and with <laughs> your team and and you're you're right on time. It's when you hit the traffic jam and you're 30 minutes late. How are people in the van acting? Yeah. You know, that's, that's your culture. Yeah. Do you think there will be a side hustle for you where you're going to go and teach uh, um, any CEOs in the old paradigm <laughs> of shifting their company culture? Uh, I, no, I, I love what you're saying because I think that um, much like in personal life, much like in your relationships, much like in your partnerships, uh, just like in business, character, good character um, creates, I think, a lot of really good things in life. It really and, and it, it's how how does that character prevail during times that are uncertain, times that are that suck, <laughs> times that are not so good. Um, and who are you around to help navigate those waters when they happen? And I think that when you've got really good people that you can rely on and trust and row the boat with you, uh, it's, it's going to make for uh, a much better ride than, than not, you know, than if you're just around, 
the wrong character, which, you know, so I, I love that you, you, you know, you guys are, are, are creating this culture like that. Now you, you, was the official launch this year? Like actually, well, we, we launched the company last, last year. year. That's what so, I thought. Yeah. About a year ago, Matt, um, almost exactly a year ago was when we, we, we started and it, the, with our, our going to market date was at the end of July of this year. Mm. So it took us a while. And obviously right in the middle of all of that, as we're chugging along, remember that thing about culture, I was using a dumb metaphor about being stuck in a van. I don't know why that was. (laughs) No, but I know what you mean though. We're chugging along. (laughs) We're chugging along. We're, we're set to launch in May of this year. Right. And we, in March, everything shuts down. So um, we were a little more prepared for it, I think, than a lot of people because we just have a global supply chain and they were telling us overseas, I don't know how you guys are dealing with the coronavirus, but it is real, it is serious. And if you don't pay attention to it and you don't take measures, you're going to be in, you guys are going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, So I think we, nobody could have foreseen the level that we are today, of course, but um, so we knew, okay, we're about to hit, we're about to hit some turbulence and that turbulence became pretty significant um, very quickly. So we, we went from launching in May fully, fully funded from um, a group that was, that was funding our business, investing in us to, literally overnight on March 11th. So California, I just speak from California perspective, shut the state down on March 11th. Mm-hmm. On that very day, I remember I got a call from um, the fund manager that managed the money that was investing us to tell us they weren't going to be able to invest in us any another dollar. So, um, okay, that was a pretty bad day, Matt. and how did the vulnerability the humility and the company culture and character come through that day (laughs) well so that's about that again this is why the values are so important is yes if you're going to follow your values you better know what they are yes yes. um i big gut punch but immediately go into problem solving mode and 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 one of one of the one of the uh, municipal values, the ultimate one, is being unstoppable. But okay, so how how are we going to how are we going to figure this out and be vulnerable um, and be kind and candid? And I immediately called Lev and Mark and told them what was up. And the the reason that I, I'm so grateful to be partners with these these guys is they share that they, 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 you know, Lev who I talk to every day was like, this is nothing. This, this has happened a thousand times in our, in our, in our careers here. So we, we will figure out how to do, how to do this. Um, and so we did, we, we put together a plan, which was deferring our launch, which we needed, we, obviously from financial reasons and also just supply chain coronavirus also just 
shutting down the entire American economy. Um, so we pushed that out into July and we went into a complete cash preservation mode for 60 days. We reorganized the balance sheet and the company um, based on the fact that our, our fourth partner was out and Mark and Lev and I decided that we, the three of us would fund the business ourselves through launch and into the fall because we would have a much better view of what this business was and what the trajectory was and what needed to be done at that point. And we'd be operating under much more of a position of strength having done that yes. than trying to tr try to figure out our long-term plan in March under so much turbulence. So that's a, that's a very practical example of embracing the fact that most of the time you don't figure, sh you don't figure stuff out. Um, there's no solve. You just have to have the ability to, to continue to move forward mm. and to push forward. And that was our, that was our plan. Let's just push forward. It, it'll be slower, a lot slower than we were anticipating. But if we can continue to push forward and keep our momentum, our, our literal momentum of moving forward, then that in and of itself will, will put us in a much better position to, to continue to move towards a, a long-term long -term viability than it, than it would trying to figure that out in March. So that was it. That was, that was four months of slogging through it and letting the team know where we were from a business perspective, literally looking at our cash position on a daily basis, which is not fun, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, and I, I just took a lot of, and I still do to this day because we're still, we're still in that mode in large, in a, in a lot of ways. I just took a lot of comfort, if that's the right word, in knowing we weren't unique. There were thousands of businesses just like ours going through that same thing. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I relied a lot on talking to friends and, and expanding my network to find out what was happening out there, how people were dealing with it, both culturally and, and just practically. Um, and so lo and behold, we launched the brand in July, late July. And sure enough, the decision to just keep moving and plow forward was absolutely the right thing to do. That's amazing. Well, you know... <sighs> I also like to look at align universal alignment. Sometimes there's just things that we can't explain. A funding partner leaves and it's just the three of you. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's exactly how it was supposed to be. And we, uh, I had this interesting conversation with somebody recently about what she called a clash, meaning on the outside, <clears throat> sometimes a clash can look, amazing and sometimes it can look like ish <laughs> it does not look yeah. so good often it happens what is a clash and she was talking about it from a kind of a feng shui and a bazi she's an interesting expert in these amazing areas but she was saying what is a clash it's a, a movement of uh, some energy of what's really for you um and it it's a very elevating thing and sometimes it doesn't look good on the outside 
but it's exactly like, no, 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 not four, three. You got to go. And not saying that it's not even supposed to be that way, it's just that sometimes just things just end up that way. And uh, I, I happen to think it's, gonna, it's a blessing uh, in a lot of ways uh, for you guys. So it's, it's interesting to watch. And, and um, you know, we may not see that meaning <laughs> until, you know, quarter three, quarter four of next year or, or even the future. But a, a very interesting, nevertheless, of like, you know, how things happen while you're moving along. And I think that's to, to piggyback off of you saying, like, you, know, you keep moving through it. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we don't understand why things are happening. It's not really our job to. It's just meant to figure out how do we keep going. That's and which is also part of our own personal growth in the process as well. So, um, so yeah, I think that's right. I think from a from a, even from just a business perspective, um, I remember something Mark Cuban said once, which was take every sale. And what he meant is whatever you think it, it, as as an entrepreneur is what you think your market is going to be is only is, is really only as good as um, it's, it's not as it's fairly obsolete once you go to market. So (laughs) if, if if you're, if you think that your market is, is, uh, you know, 35 to 45 year old, professional males, men, and you notice immediately that you have a, a shitload of women buying your product, Yep, you better pivot to start figuring out how you're going to sell more to, to women. <laughs> Don't close them off. Or in a wholesale environment, if you have a customer that wants to buy your products, you should probably let them buy it. And that's, um, that's you know, as you're listening to it, you're probably like, yeah, that's obvious. But what I really took from that is the the journey, and I say this to my team all the time, like so much so they're probably sick of me saying it, but the road to the top is not straight. It's it curves and jags and goes backwards yes. sometimes. Yes. And that's again why the values are important because you we all have to embrace that that's what the ride is. This this ride isn't isn't um I five up the coast, you know, it's, it's, it is a labyrinth of backs and back and forths and twists and turns. So true. Mm. Oh, were you about to say something? I, f- I felt like yeah. you were about to say something else. No, Oh no. Um, I, your values keep you going. <laughs> if you've got strong values, they're going to keep you going. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to think that, you know, um, they're also because of the environment you're creating, uh, you know, they're going to weather the, the, the crazy up, up and downs. I, I, what I, it's interesting to me when people, I think from a lot of people look from the outside and in any case, and they get a little distracted by the shiny object that they can see in front of them and not knowing like, no, this is what happens on a daily basis. You know, it's the, <laughs> oh, we're going to have the funding pulled. Oh, hey, guess what? The manufacturing is now eight weeks behind, <laughs> like any number of things. And you're like, okay, okay. I, I've actually, I, I'm, I'm because of how much more I'm meditating these days. I'm learning. Oh wow, like my nervous system <laughs> at times must just be. I, I was watching a, uh, when Mark was being interviewed and he was talking about uh, 
praying in the morning. I, so I, I pray and meditate. Probably not yet as long as him, but <laughs> but 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 I I totally get it. Um, because it it became a game changer for me year, a few years back, and uh, you know, and then I go in and out of it. I notice what happens when I don't uh, stay on top of it. So I give him a lot of credit. Um, but um, if you think about it, the nervous system and the way it deals with uncertainty and constant fluctuations in the market, a constant every change is constant. So I'm finding the the importance of prayer and meditation to slow down the nervous system to get into a very like I don't know if you want to call it beta or whatever state how <laughs> gamma I don't know that that allows you to just kind of move through the uncertainties much smoother and just kind of with flow like a flow state you know but the other thing I like that you were saying by the way was that um I love the fact that we think we've got this complete understanding of the market. And I've seen this countless time with brands, whether I, they were my own or somebody else's, and it's true, you, <laughs> and then you get to market. It's a whole other group of people who like the product. And uh, which I actually also find really cool because I'm a big proponent of, of listening. I think it's just cool to ask a bunch of people like, hey, what'd you like about it? Hey, what did you not like about it? And uh, true customers will tell you like, hey, you know, I don't even need this stuff over here. If you just have this and this, like, that'll be perfect. I'm like, great. Just out of curiosity, we were marketing it to men this age over here. <laughs> given the fact that you're the opposite sex and a completely different age group, out of curiosity, what was the appeal? Uh, just want to, you know, better understand how we can continue to add value. Uh, and it's always fascinating to ask those questions and learn from the market themselves. Like, oh, here's what I really appreciated about you. And and uh, and I think it makes it more fun for when those unknowns happen. Like, wow, we really missed the mark. But hey, we gained a really interesting community. <laughs> you know, for sure. I think you're you're really touching on creating a business that's not transactional. Yes, there really you go. About, exactly. It's really about a love for the people that you're trying to serve. Exactly. Um, and the state and all the stakeholders that are are create the value and, and those stakeholders include the people, obviously your employees, your community, um, and also the people that are, are buying your products or your services. And you have to, I think to be successful, really sustainably successful. I think it's, it's imperative that you have to have a love for all those stakeholders and, um, and to do that, you have to really be curious and sincere about what are the things that all of those stakeholders are feeling and, yes. and are telling you about what they need and what you're providing. Which goes back to your vulnerability and humility, because if you're not in your ego and you can ask the stakeholders inside the company and the customers outside the company, the stakeholders outside, Hey, what do you love? What do you not love? What are you thinking? What's, you know, all these amazing questions. Then I think you can serve and, and you can figure out the right systems put in place. Now you can serve at scale, which, you know. That's operational. Exactly. You, you, you have to, to create something operationally that that is giving people the space and the avenue to, yep. to have a conversation with you. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I had to learn operations backwards because uh when i started curating all the online social and the podcasting i would answer every single text and i would and i still do uh to a degree uh i make the time for it but you get to a point where you're like well i've got 
the understanding of, wow, when you really love and serve the people, great. But now we've got to figure out systems for myself and for the things that I'm attached to that, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do you refine the processes to make way for the things that, that can help make you successful, especially the people, uh, the customers you do it for. Um, so yeah, but you're, you're spot on. It's the, when you put those systems into play, you know, uh, what do you, do you, what do you guys have coming up? I mean, I know, <laughs> I know you've just launched <laughs> that's kind yeah. of a big deal, but like, I mean, do you guys have some, some cool things coming up or some in, in the middle of some interesting launches? Like what's going on? Yeah. The, the product, the product pipeline is, is in full force and we, we've embraced the disruption we've had in the supply chain for the fall. So we're constantly have new things that are coming onto municipal.com. Um, including underwear, which we're really excited about. Mark's first entry into the underwear category since people probably first saw him back in 30 years ago with Calvin Klein. And, uh, and we have a really unique take on it, I think, which is going to be fun to have people experience and talk about. And then spilling into the spring with uh, more more cool stuff and then what our desire is for uh the brand and what we really haven't been able to do as much of although it was our desire getting back to your plans go out the window as soon as <laughs> as soon as shit starts getting real right our desire is to really have much more content and yes um, digital engagement with people to help them along their journey to reach their full potential. I love it. And that's, you know, if you looked at our, just our, our vision, you know, our vision is about building a global community of people that are, that never stop pursuing their full potential. And we haven't really been able to put all the pieces together yet um, in a way that, that has people, experiencing us beyond just the fact that they think our social is cool and our products are amazing. Right. So that, that's really the next thing that we want to, we want to start to accomplish into, uh, into the next 12 to 18 months. And it's the biggest thing that Mark and Lev were wanting to beyond just the fact that we make, we think we make the best, the best gear in the world is we really want people to feel like their relationship with us yes. is helping them to be, better, better people, better in their homes, better in their, as I mentioned before, better in their homes, better in their communities. And uh, on that path, on that accelerant path to where they feel like they're, they're becoming the, the best versions of themselves. I mean, the fact that you're even thinking that way already puts you ahead. Cause I've been a big advocator of um, every brand should be its own media company and create a platform for conversations that create community and culture and expand it beyond the products and services that they have, right? And that the fact that you already think that way is, is perfect. I mean, it already aligns you for, um, for success, I think, in that avenue because you're absolutely right. People like the fact that like, wow, you're not just providing me with really dope clothes, you know, and, and accessories, you're, you're actually a part of the building of me, my identity in this world. Um, and I'm welcomed into a community where my 
I'm understood and my voice matters. And I think when you have all of those things, um, which you guys clearly understand about people more, more than, you know, than, than a lot of brands, uh, not gonna go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong, really. So, I, I, so it'll be exciting to see. I mean, I've been following for a while, so it'll be exciting to see. And then I have a very loyal following, by the way. I'm just letting you know this. So, like, yeah. I tell them, like, listen, go here, um, because I, I'm very particular about people, about brands, in terms of like that that are speaking the 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 way we were speaking here. And I think that this is where the a lot of the that magic happens. So. Um, you know, my community is your community. They're, I'm, I'm more than happy to to, That's to, great. to see that. I, I feel, yeah. I feel even already, and again, you know, getting back to 99% of the battle, staying in the battle, right, or winning the battle, is yes. staying in. And I, I, I just feel through all the bumps and the twists and turns and bumps and bruises that we've we've had um, in just the last year, I, I'm really. I just really grateful that I feel like we've done it the right way so far. And yeah. the, the results, the, I feel like the results will come as long as we continue to do that. I think that just even early on being a few months in the, the pure data that we're seeing from feedback and, and repeat customers are kind of playing that out. And mm -hmm. I feel, I feel like, and I hope people that are, um, discovering us or seeing that too is we we're not we're not trying to take any shortcuts and uh you know we're not we're not really presenting this as a celebrity brand or um trying to do things that are would cut some corners i think to get more early sales if you will yes yes uh, and because we're really in in this for for the long haul our our goal I think we're probably one of the only startups I can imagine that we don't really have an articulated view of what we want our li liquidity event to look like. <laughs> 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 so maybe that was a good thing that our investor backed out, but um, right, right. Exactly. we really are more about, we want to make, we want to build an awesome brand and we want to do a new brand that's doing things differently than anyone else. And we want to create an environment where obviously the people that are buying our products and are fans of municipal are, are making those kinds of changes to their lives that we feel is important. And we want to build a company that whether we're 14, 140 or 1400, that people are just incredibly jacked up to come to work and work with people they love and work for, um, you know, every day. So that's, that's kind of the goal. So we'll see, we'll see if we get there, but, um, it's fun to be, it's fun to be, uh, like I said, it's fun to be in the battle. I absolutely, without a doubt, have no question of you getting there. You're building for where I believe we're already heading and where it was already shifting towards that kind of dynamic anyway. So, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of the early on process of the journey. Yeah, a thanks, few, thanks few months for, in. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for the conversation. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, where where can everybody find out about all like that one's easy. Yeah. Municipal.com. Just go to municipal.com. Um we're our social really biggest platform we're on is Instagram. We're municipal right. Instagram and um we'll start to do a lot more other types of content too. So if you don't if you're not quite ready to buy our products, at least we're hoping you'll come and you'll learn something and be inspired to, to, um, 
go reach your full potential. Everybody go there right now. Just go. Go right now. <laughs> just go right now. Just go right now. I, I would tell people, I'm like, just do yourself a favor. Just go. Do you, I'm, I'm not wrong. Just go. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think our website, I love the website. I think that's, I do too. you know, we built it from scratch, which is also something people wouldn't tell you to do, but we felt like we wanted to. And uh, I think people will dig it. Yeah, no, I, I, I love everything you guys are doing with the brands. Um, I tell every one of my guests, you're welcome to come back on the show. Uh, it's a journey-driven podcast. So because it's a journey, eight months from now, a year from now, two months from now, uh, recently 10 minutes from now, um, can uh, <laughs> look very different. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and in this, in this year. I know I'll still be in the battle and I know you will be too. So let's do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm forever in this battle. <laughs> so, we got nowhere else to go. Right. So, you know, this is just a, a, a great venting session is what we're going to continue to do. No, but I, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and like I said, you're welcome back on any time. Uh, hang back for one second. I'll connect with you here offline in a second here. But, um, but, but thank you, Harry, for being on the show. Truly, truly appreciate everything that you're doing and everything that, um, you know, you, Mark, and Lev together are trying to do with uh, with Municipal and uh, just amazing things. And I just really appreciate your time because I know how busy you are, especially during these times. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Everybody listening, please go check out municipal.com and at Municipal on Insta. You guys can also go to my profiles. I follow all of them. If you're really trying to stalk Harry, you can see that I follow him too. Uh, but uh, but Municipal is where it's at. Uh, and if you do follow Harry, uh, he's a busy man. So <laughs> be, be, be easy on him. Uh, but he's very community driven. So uh, and uh, as always, I appreciate all you guys, the, the ratings, the reviews, everything. Uh, it means a lot. Um, I know I'm supposed to be pushing for more. I've been told from my team that I'm supposed to be pushing for more because uh, that's how Apple, you know, obviously pushes things out. But um, you know, it's a, it's, if you guys feel it's worthy, please do. So I always, I always appreciate you guys feedback. As you guys know, I'm always open to it. And, uh, for my amazing guest, Harry Arnett, co-founder and CEO of Municipal, go check them out for myself, Meg Gosman and for the hustle sold separately. We are out. Mm -hmm.